0: Welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host Nat and today I want to talk about self-help and healing because this week I've been thinking about how sometimes healing and self-help and looking at our limiting beliefs is a way of keeping ourselves safe in our fear. What would happen if we just accepted our pasts and began to live in the future in the opportunities that present themselves. Because what I've realised is self-help can be addictive. Now, I'm all for understanding what's happening to us and the impact of those decisions on our future. A real understanding of what's happened and where we are and taking stock. But how many times do we need to go back over these beliefs and our ideals? Because we know it, truly. We just need to accept it. Sometimes we're stuck on it. We can't move forward. We can't get past to live our lives. We think that if we dig deeper, we'll get a different conclusion. We'll have more understanding. But we know in our hearts, it's an excuse. It's an itch we need to scratch. Sometimes to heal a wound, we need to stop touching it. Our wounds can be the biggest source of growth if we take those lessons and live it. On this week's podcast we are touching many topics from addiction to prescription medication and living in India but what's for sure is that today's guest Emily really knows how to live life without looking back and I hope you enjoy today's podcast as much as I enjoyed speaking to Emily about her life and her perspective. Have a great week, take care. Hello and welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and as usual, I've got a very special guest But this one I'm very excited about. We have got a special friend and guest, Emily Tamayo-Meyer. She is a book coach, a best-selling author in women's spirituality, and she helps aspiring writers turn their own life-changing stories into books that capture the depth and significance of their experiences. Her clients have written memoirs, personal development, self-help. And she is an adventurer. And she's made her life in Bogonia, in Colombia with her husband and her son. She writes blogs and writing resources and can be
1: found at The Meaning Method. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Now, we have been friends for so long and it's my pleasure. Pure pleasure. I'm so... Oh, okay. So
0: I love what you stand for. And I know you've had your community, the writer's block on Facebook for about three years now. And I think, Uh yeah, and I think I've known you since since you started that. But for me, your personal life story completely intrigues me. Because, yeah, because whether it's working in the UN, living in India, moving countries for love, changing your career to you know fulfill your dreams of writing you really are living your life by following your passions which is all that this podcast is about so I was so excited to to really explore that a little bit more so I
1: guess could you could you talk us through all this Emily like from Uh the way you went yeah (laughs) Yes, I suppose. Yeah, it was enough work to live through all of it. So uh, I should yes. be able to explain it to some degree. That'll be fun. So yes, you know, on the topic of, of, you know, living life by pursuing your passions, mm-hmm. I like to call it, you know, being the author of your life. It, um it's been such a rich life for me, there have been ups and downs. And so yeah. it's not just about you know, following, following your whims. It's really about building a life on your strengths and contribu- contributing the things that you do best to the world. Um, and sometimes that can be challenging, but when you really see it through and create the structures and the and the grounding that you need in order to do what you love, it works. It really works. So, of course, I'm a I'm a mom at this point um, and I run my own business um, full time and and I love doing it. But it didn't start out that way. And so I guess, you know, my two passions have always been, um, you know, traveling globe and global development and being a global citizen on the one hand and then being a writer, both fiction and nonfiction on the other. And there have been a lot of twists and turns, but as long as, you know, I, up, I really apply myself to the things I love with my whole heart, it works yeah. out. You know, I've been able to be the breadwinner for my family and still really earn a living doing what I love. And I'm, And I'm so happy to talk about it. Because when um you talk about
0: what you do and your business, you can feel the passion. You can feel your energy, but it is so, it's it's just, you build, people build off you, I think. Oh, I think thank you. I when I chat to you, I'm like, oh, even if I had no idea where I was going beforehand, after I've spoken to you, I'm like, oh, but I've spoken to Emily, so it all makes sense. And I think one thing we don't necessarily talk a lot about as, as women and people in general, is we don't talk a lot about failures, and how mm-hmm. they can be sometimes stepping stones to a new path. And I think, what what has been difficult for you in the past, Emily, to kind of see those changing directions and stepping stones as a positive?
1: Wonderful. Actually, I have a book coming out in August, The Meaning Method, A Spiritual Path to Writing and Publishing. And I just finished a chapter um, about rejection and failure. And it's so funny because in that chapter, I. I I talk about how at this point in my life I think I have a Ph.D. in rejection, I'm getting things wrong, but and that's part of rolling with the punches. And so, I and I think it's such an important thing to talk about. I'll go into a yes. specific story in a moment, but I know that as I was writing this book and as I was talking to people, I know that that um, we, we talked about. Fears of failure, and right. after you know going through so many different kinds of struggles in my life, um, it's it's just like okay, this isn't working. Let's make it work, and moving on to the next thing. And so that was actually a fun chapter to write there are two stories of epic failures in that but i have so many to choose from that that i think i'll um i'll i'll dig into my jelly bean jar of failures and and pick out a different one so for instance you know there there was i had a a fertility battle that so many women go through. The rejections I talk about in the book are, you know, when I had to take one of those breaks in my career, I had applied to graduate school and, um, and I got, you know, I was living in New York. I was at kind of a dead end point in my career, a dead end point in my relationship, applied for graduate school that didn't work out. And so I, I really did. I went home to just figure things out for a while. So that's another time I felt very rejection rejected when yeah. um, early in life, you know, I was one of those kids with ADHD. And so I ended up taking prescription drugs very early and then having to to really, um, you know, I became very addicted to them. And so I had to go yeah. through drug withdrawal very early in life. And I think that's one of those things, um, that gave me a lot of strength. Maybe I'll pause here. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of funny. And I suppose it wasn't that early. So yes, you know, uh, being a teenager in the 90s and in the late 80s, I think when I was about uh, 11 years old, I started taking amphetamines, you know, through a doctor and all of that um, for ADHD. And as, you know, as I was getting older and as I was a teenager, of course, teenagers often, you know, get kind of experimental, overdo things. I really Mm -hmm. developed an addiction to that. And I think that was a huge turning point in my life because, you know, by the end of college, on the one hand, you know, I had I was doing a lot. You know, I was, you know, graduating with honors and all of this. But I was um, relying on that drug so much. I had about doubled my prescription. You know, I was taking them on the side and I realized that my um, side effects had gotten so bad that mm. I was addicted and I really needed to figure out how, you know, after 10 years of of taking those amphetamines, I had to figure out how to leave them behind forever mm. And it was both a wonderful and a very frightening experience. Because for all of my adolescence, I'd relied on this prescription drug in order to be able to, um, I don't know, quote unquote, function, uh, whatever that means. Um, But yes, so it was near the end of my uh, college, it was really stepping into a new world to get off to get off that thing that, you know, I had so much of, of that drug going into my system on a daily basis that I was very lucky to be able to spend a few nights in the hospital while I went through withdrawal. And then coming out of that and you know graduating from college to get my first job was really amazing because it was my first experience in redesigning my life. Yeah, because you've had more time,
0: I suppose, with with the drug than without it so it's like yeah it was about half my lifetime
1: yeah 11 to 22 so that's exactly yes that's exactly half my lifetime at that time you know now I'm but so that was a long time ago but looking back at that experience it really was leaving behind the past And moving into the future right after college, you know, I was really burned out and really scarred by that experience of um, of, you know, going through therapy. I didn't go to a full rehab program. I just did it with the college therapy program and then, you know, the help of um, of doctors. But then I started doing a, a, a volunteer program that really, you know, it was a spiritual volunteer program and it was really opening up to a new life. So I suppose the way that that particular epic failure, not the last, not the first, nor the last, but it was <laughs> one of those experiences of resilience where it was, yeah. you know, being able to objectify a certain period of my life realize the mistakes, realize what was going on. And then just looking forward with hope and optimism and a lot of courage, a lot of strength, and then designing what life I wanted life to look like. So it was going from that experience with having those, um, real, you know, tough burnout drugs in adolescence and college. And then I was able to go, into a into a, a spiritual um, volunteer program that started in Saint Paul or Saint Paul, Minnesota, and Minneapolis in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, in the U.S. Then from there, I was able to build and get an internship at the United Nations. From there, I was um, a I got I did more, you know, paid kind of a stipend, paid volu- uh volunteering in India which was another life-changing experience. but it was all about resilience and um, designing what you want out of life and figuring out how to make it work. Wow. that this is why I, I was so helpful I was like. Emily, would you please come on
0: the podcast? Because everything, like you say... I love you. One thing leads from the next. And I think it's really... I loved what you said about how you just kind of move forward with courage. Because I think we can really beat ourselves up, can't we? And we can, you know, really layer on the guilt to ourselves and blame ourselves about things that have happened in the past. So much so that we can't even see... The future because we're our heads are in the past all the time and i just love how you managed to move that into something so positive and really change
1: your life oh thank you so much and of course yes at the time i remember you know when you're coming out of a difficult situation as you know a lot of us i think are questioning right now coming out of this pandemic how did this happen what is happening what's my part in it What's you know as as a as a globe as a world you know what's going on here and so of <laughs> course you know that was twenty years ago and so um, almost twenty years ago and so now I feel so objective about it. Uh, that it's great. And then I can just look, that was my first real go at, you know, separating from a earlier version of myself, looking at it honestly. And so then it's a pattern that I think we can repeat in a macro sense and in a micro sense over and over again. And you know, what's a, a fun, interesting detail of that time is writing accompanied me throughout that time. And so i have you know this is a secret i don't even think i've told you this now but um i had so at that time i was uh i went to school at the university of iowa which has a wonderful writing program and i got a scholarship to be able to um you know get mentors in the in the iowa writers workshop and be able to get kind of an inside look and Mm feedback, and get all that great writing training at an early age. And so, but at the same time, I was going through a very bad drug addiction, like simultaneously. So it was just the most interesting um, education that an undergraduate could ask for, I think. But it's so funny that I really did. I had a novel I was working on at the time, which was, it was about uh, a little girl Watching her brother go through um, an addiction to amphetamines, not coincidentally. uh, Yeah, exactly. Where did the inspiration for that come from? Anyway. (laughs) It it was really it was another big part of the lesson, because I think whether you're writing a journal, if you're writing a book, the book is also writing you. The project is also writing you. And so I will I'll I'll tell you that the reason that it's a very loving secret. But of course, that book was a mess and it will never uh, be published, but it did save my life in so many ways. And so I always keep that in the bottom drawer of my oh, desk because it's the foundation of everything that's come, yeah after that. And so as I think that maybe one of the little pieces, one of the little gems that I can take away from that in the distance that I think everybody can use right now as we're coming out of the pandemic, you know, after everything we've been through this year, scribble. Who cares if it's publishable? Who cares about yeah. any of that? Just start to scribble out and it will lead you to the next thing as well. When I got the job at the UN, I got to start grant writing. I got to start writing newsletters for activists and do all sorts of other kinds of writing. But it really is that those two things have worked together nicely to keep writing and, and, and see where it leads, not put too much pressure on it, but just really love up that habit. And I personally, I think it can get you through anything.
0: I totally agree. For me, writing is, tot- is just so cathartic and therapeutic. If, if I yeah. can process it on paper, I think I can process it in my head. It's how, I, it's how I personally work anyway.
1: That's great. Yeah, because sometimes when you're just thinking about something, you know, I even if I talk something out, I even talk too yeah. fast. But I do write <laughs> everything down, uh, you know, by hand. And that slows me Me down to figure things out. Yep.
0: Me too. Emily, this is amazing. Okay. I've got a question. So you've had lots of different events in your life, but has there been one that has changed your perception on how you show up or how you, how you are in the world?
1: I guess you want to know what it would probably, you know, what comes first and foremost to mind is this recent adventure of uh, leaving my job as a school teacher. I was about 38 when I left my job as a school teacher. I'd been a school teacher for seven years and I became a writing coach full time. And so, you know, having a son and being a breadwinner in my household, I live here in Bogota, Colombia, a country I love, but I was very nervous. And it really was something that I didn't think I could do. I didn't think it would be wise, but, you know, the signs really pointed in that direction. And so I took the leap and things turned out better than they ever could have um, if I would have kept my job as a school teacher. So I suppose, I suppose Trusting your heart, but not mm-hmm. allowing beliefs you may have or fears you may have to cloud your vision too much. Uh, yeah, I I think that's that's the most recent event that's really changed the way I show up in the world because I I feel like I suppose leaving that regular steady paycheck and learning how to manage a business and mm-hmm. um. And serve people and, you know, really snowball readership for my books, uh, really snowball uh, a client base and a, an a author platform and those different things. Seeing how small daily actions really do add up to major changes, I think that's helped me to... Um, to show up in the world in a bigger way, to take chances that I'm frightened to take because I know that I can I can find a solution. I can solve the various problems that come up. That's changed me a lot, I think.
0: That, and your growth has been phenomenal. Oh, thank you. It has. It's just so impressive and I think you're so innovative on how you keep things moving and your writing is always so interesting how you engage with people. I think you just how you are is is what people buy into, Emily, because you are so just so amazing to work with. And I think anyone who can see that on this podcast is and um, your story will certainly resonate. All your different stories will uh. resonate um with someone. And thank you for being kind of so honest and open and vulnerable, and I'm sure it will help lots of women. So before we go, Emily, have you got one piece of advice or wisdom that you think everyone should know?
1: I suppose to tie everything together, I really like this tagline, you are the author of your life. And so, you know, just as when you're writing a book, sometimes you don't see at first how things fit together. But if you can just really... You know, stay strong and, and stare down the problems and see it through to the next thing. You really are the author of your life. You know, commit to your dreams and, and make them happen. So I suppose that's kind of the theme that comes up in the end
0: and the theme of your life from listening today. Yeah. You, have to
1: do, you have to write a memoir some
0: someday, Emily. I'm uh, ready.
1: I'm ready to read the memoir. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, actually, and uh, with this book, The Meaning Method, uh, Spiritual Guide to Publishing and Writing, Writing and Publishing, um, I I do share personal stories because I've noticed that um, that in the community, being honest and being open, being honest especially, is, is so important yeah. to help other people find their way,
0: and that's that's why I started this podcast because I think there's so much on social media that we compare ourselves to that's not real, and we only see like the rose tinted glasses version of reality. So I wanted this um, podcast to to help people, but and re- so stories people could resonate, but also to lift people up and think, yeah, there's there's different, there's two sides to every story, and people just by people being real and being yourself is enough and we can all support each other.
1: Absolutely. And I have to tag one last thing. is being oh, yeah. honest. Yes. And that's what I love about you. And what I, I love about what you do is that there is a lot, there's a lot of information out there and it's really wonderful when you can get honest information and people who, who won't guide you wrong. You know, we, yeah. We, we have families and, and we have uh, people we support and we have differences we want to make in the world. And so, yes, I completely agree with you. Real people are doing it and we're showing uh, and, and we show one another how to keep going in a very honest way. I think that's essential.
0: Especially for this at the moment. I think that's amazing. Emily, where can people find out more about you? So my
1: website is MeaningMethod.com. So meaningmethod.com is the website. And then I have a, a very active community called the Writer's Block uh, on Facebook. So if you go to MeaningMethod.com, you'll see the you'll see the link to join the writers group. or you can just search it in Facebook, the writer's block.
0: And I will and um, put your website and the group in the the notes for the oh, podcast thank you so, so you can find it too. No, my my absolute pleasure. Emily, you've been a superstar that I knew you would be. And thank you for being so honest and vulnerable and sharing. And I really appreciate it, as I'm sure other people do too. Thank you so oh, much. So much love to you. I will talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Oh, with no doubt. Bye, guys. Have a lovely week. Bye, Bye. Emily.